Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Storylines are unbelievable this year. Coming up on TC Live at the U.S. Open, we preview the Friday showdown between Victoria Azarenka and Garbina Muguruza in today's Coaching in the Bigs. What does the future hold for five-time U.S. Open champion Roger Federer? We discuss Fed's fate with author Chris Clary. And we celebrate birthday number 28 with reigning champ Dominic Team on day five at the Open. And we are on to round three. Welcome to TC Live at the U.S. Open, our one-hour pregame show to get you ready for first ball in New York, where legacies are being made at the Billie Jean King National Tennis Center. A lot to get to over the next 60 minutes. We've got all the big highlights and interviews. Plus, we will break down a matchup between two major titans. And our newest tennis channel analyst turns 28 going to celebrate with Dominic Team, the birthday boy today. Will Daniil Medvedev be celebrating? That is the question. The two seed taking on Pablo Andahar later today, coming in to site with his wife. And how about the teenager from Great Britain? Emma Raducanu qualified five straight wins. She is into the third round of her first U.S. Open just like she did at Wimbledon. A lot of eyes on her in Great Britain. Team Muguruza making its way in as well. Conchita Martinez, Garbina Muguruza came into this event. A losing record at the U.S. Open. Fifth matchup with Victoria Azarenka. That is first up on Ash Black. Blockbuster matchup there. Cannot wait. Welcome on in. TC Live, Steve Weissman, the Hall of Famer, Lindsey Davenport, best-selling author, John Wertheim. We talk about these big-time matchups for the first time ever since 32 seeds were introduced at the majors. This was 20 years ago. All 20 top seeds on the women's side have made it to the third round. Uh, it's so great to see. We're so used to in women's tennis, especially these last six or seven years, so many of the big names going out early. But because everyone's won, Steve, we have incredible matchups all weekend. Today we have a couple of matchups in a third round of Grand Slam champs, not only Azarenka Muguruza, we also have Sloane Stevens taking on Angie Kerber. These are third-round matches, and my low-key match of the day, yep, Simona Halep and Elena Rabakina. They're a first up at 11 a.m., but I, I just think the level right now, it's so great to see everyone playing well at the same time. We've rarely had that in women's tennis. Every female that's won multiple slams still in the draw. You know the highest seed, male or female, out Casper Ruud at number eight. So uh, a lot of chalk. We like 32 seeds, don't we? You know who the highest seed on the women's side to go out has been? Trivia? Nope. The 21 seed, Coco Gauff. Ah. Boom. Boom. All top 20, though. Safe yep. for now. Uh, nothing low-key about the big-time storyline at the U.S. Open. That is Novak Djokovic, who continued his quest Djokovic. for the Grand Slam yesterday. He has never 
lost a match before the third round at the U.S. Open. He entered Ash Stadium. Six wins from joining this exclusive club. Just two men, three women all time have ever won all four majors in the same calendar year. Don Budge, Little Mo, Maureen Connolly, Rod Laver, who did it twice, Margaret Court, and Steffi Groff, who had the Golden Slam in 1988. So Djokovic taking on Talon Greeksport yesterday, and everything was working for the world number one, John. The earth spins, the sun rises, Novak Djokovic wins matches at majors. Yeah, not a lot of uh, drama in this. This was the, the full Novak performance. Bit of a hiccup, bit of drama in his first match against Kasper Ruud, the Danish 18-year-old. Not a lot of drama yesterday. Djokovic covering the court, as he's been known to do. He served well. He got breaks in both sets, multiple breaks in both sets, and very... Little trouble. Look at the nice little topspin lob there. His next opponent is Kane Nishikori. They asked Djokovic if he had Nishikori's number. 17-2 and two is their uh, career head-to-head. Djokovic said, yes, I have his number. It's in my phone. So he won the press conference as well. Um, after his first-round drama, there was no drama. Yesterday, endeared himself uh, to the crowd a bit. And if you were going for history, this is a nice way to win your second leg. Quick-witted, quick match. Djokovic happy with his progress as we go inside the press room. Great performance. Uh, I think better definitely than the first round match. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm very pleased with the way I uh, came out on the court, served, uh, served very well. I found the rhythm on the serve. Uh, when it was important, I came up with the goods. All in all, very good, very good. I, I, I'm very pleased with the, with the level of my tennis, and uh, all is going in the right direction. 31-0, first two rounds at the U.S. Open. Can't do better than that. How would you rate Novak's form so far through two matches? Uh, I think last night was a huge win for Novak. He was put off a little bit by that first-round match, maybe losing a set, but also I'd like to be playing a match and thinking the crowd was booing you, which he admitted <laughs> to after. It was great to see him do that heart celebration again. We didn't see that after the first round when he wasn't so thrilled with the New York crowd. I, nothing... He, you can't win the Grand Slam in this first week. He's getting through. He's more comfortable. Also, on that court in Arthur Ashe Stadium, you really avoid all these crazy conditions that we saw in the outer courts with the wind. I think he's thrilled right now with the, the first two rounds behind him. And he joked about it, but Nishikori in the third round, 17-2 and two head-to-head. And for X's and O's, do we talk enough about his serve? I mean, he's, this is the ace-per-service game. From We talk about the movement, and we talk about the court coverage and the returning this has become one of the really, really elite servers, as if he needed another virtue. Yeah. One of those two losses, though, to Kane Nishikori came at the U.S. Open. So I'm just saying there's, a, there's a chance there. Uh, Novak started with a win against an 18-year-old from Denmark. The world number one on the women's side taking on an 18-year-old from Denmark. In the form of Clara Tossen, Lindsay. And this was the craziest second game, Steve. Ash Barty broke serve on her 10th break point. And she was really able to dominate the youngster, Tolson is a great ball striker. Didn't look like she was very comfortable with all the variety that Barty possesses. Barty was using her slice backhand, really trying to expose the movement of Tolson. Tolson, when she set and can drive, hits a good ball. And what did Barty do? Tried to put her in uncomfortable positions the whole match. Interesting, same sort of wobble for Barty late in the second set. And her first round against Vonareva was up 6-1-5-3. Ended up winning that in the tiebreak. Same story against Towson. Up 6-1-5-3. Got broken serving for the match. 
and had to fight a little bit harder. Five for 19 on break point. A lot of those passed in that first return game, but still, you, you'd like to see that number a little bit better. Served well yet again. 11 aces, won 80% of her first serve points, 33 winners overall. She's got Shelby Rogers up next. Lindsay, I know you're excited for the next highlight. Match of the night, oh, Karolina Pliskova, Amanda Anasimova. Average rally length, less than three shots. Yeah, I think it was a little over an hour to, when they started the third set. This was all big hitting tennis. Great serving from both players. Anasimova fought this entire match to try and get back into it. Then Steve got up 5-2 in the third set breaker. Some amazing serving by Pliskova. 24 aces, and Anasimova saves a match point here. She had the crowd behind her. Such exciting tennis down the stretch. But in the end, Pliskova was so rock solid on the big point, saving a match point here, Anasimova getting pulled off the court. But this is one of those matches that you are so relieved to get through if you're Pliskova, but a really devastating loss for the Americans. Those 24 aces, a tournament record since they started recording that statistic. Disappointing, yet should certainly take away some positives from this for the American Amanda Anasimova. But it is Pliskova that moves on. We'll face Isla Tamjanovic in the next round. Of the 10 American men in action yesterday, John, Taylor Fritz, Jensen Brooksby, they would face each other. And this was a real battle. A young American versus a younger American. Taylor Fritz, red shirt, white shorts. And you think Jensen Brooksby's for real? I mean, this is a guy who started the season. He won $520 playing a low-level event in South Africa and hasn't lost much since. Look at the score here. Taylor Fritz had all sorts of opportunities. Here comes our shot of the tournament. Kids! My goodness! You like that? How about the reaction as well? Who needs a net? But Taylor Fritz had points to go up two sets to love, didn't convert. You see Brooksby now in black. That is a legacy of a 12-minute bathroom break. So maybe he's uh, getting this tennis uh, context more than we would think. This is match point here. Four hours and seven minutes. That is a big win. This kid is for real. 4-5-15 all in the third set. Lindsay Davenport sent us a text message. It said, shot of the week. Brooksby won five straight games after that. Yeah. That changed everything. Well, you don't really see a lot of around-the-net post shots and singles yeah. because the singles nets are put on the doubles line. So it was it was a fascinating kind of switch of momentum, how one shot can kind of create that. Eight of the next nine yeah. games, as you said, five games in a row, and it really seemed to take the wind out of Taylor Fritz's sails. Mm -hmm. what, what stands out to you about, about his game? How is he frustrating all of these top players? It, it's amazing watching Brooksby play because he has these unconventional shots. I mean, most coaches, if you see a 12-year-old, 13-year-old play with a two-handed slice backhand or a two-handed volley. They try and change that. Brooksby's been with his coach since he was seven years old, and they just have this great understanding. He can absorb pace. He kind of just stays in rallies, but you just never know when he's going to turn on the offense. It was fascinating to watch that against Fritz. Fritz was the bigger hitter, but as soon as he left something a little bit short or maybe with not as much pace, Brooksby can attack and hit winners, so he really has this kind of tricky game for these players right. to figure out right now. We were talking yesterday almost facetiously about how it's almost a, a Sonia Kenny type player, vexing. Taylor Fritz had a lot to deal with. There were bathroom breaks, there was grunting, there were two-handed slices. Not very happy after the match Taylor Fritz was. Boom. Bo Jackson, Jackson yeah. You like that? <laughs> um, but that, that's, I think, is indicative of uh, what a frustrating day. A lot of context here. You know, you always want to beat the guy from your country who's younger and make a statement, but uh, 
you know, Brooksby poses a lot of yeah. challenges in a lot of different ways. Guy knows how to win. He's got Aslan Karatsev next, oh, looking yeah. for a little revenge from Roland Garros. Symmetry there. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, how about Jack Sock? American was ranked eight in the world, looking to make the third round of a major for the first time in more than four years. John had to go the distance against Alexander Bublik. Yeah, got, got to go the distance. I mean, Jack's up 184 in the world, and he's playing a you know, ATP veteran and Bublik, one of the better servers. Watch Jack Sock and how he converts these big points. These were, uh, look at that, the crowd here as well. They know the story. They know what Jack Sock's been through. This is a set point. That's a nice way to close out a set to go up two sets to love. Alex Bogomolov, his coach, former player, likes it. We go to a fifth. How is Jack Sock's fitness and conditioning going to hold up pretty well? Gets an early break over Bublik, who had 40 aces, and yet Jack Sock had more winners from the ground. This is an interesting way to close out your biggest match in literally in years. Interesting overhead, but uh, he gets it. And that's a really, really nice win for a guy that needed a wild card just to get here. And the crowd helping him so much down the stretch when maybe he was getting a little tired up 5-1. It was so exciting out there. Alex Verev up next for Jack Sock. He's 2-1 against Sasha head-to-head. Uh, 18-year-old American Zach Zvita. We featured him earlier this week on TC Live. Taking on Yannick Sinner, who is the, the wily veteran in this match, LD. Really impressed with that teenager from San Diego. Yeah, this was a great match. And it play, they played over three and a half hours. Vida held his own out there. We weren't sure if he'd be able to handle the pace or stay out there physically. And what a fantastic job Zvita did in that third set of extending this match. Sinner so close to winning. But Zvita was coming to net. He was finishing points off. And unlike when we saw him a couple years ago, physically, he really withstood the challenge. But it's such a tough task playing Sinner. He is so good. Nothing seems to rattle him. He was absolutely crushing his ground strokes. But overall, super impressed with Zvida and the improvements he's made. This is a guy who's now moved up more than 200 spots in the rankings with getting that first-round victory at the U.S. Open. We've talked about him all week long. Zach Zvida looks like the real deal. Absolutely. And, you know, there's, there's going to be an ATP event in his hometown of San Diego. He's going to have a lot of opportunities. You know, he, he's not going to hit anyone off the court, but we've seen again and again. I mean, Diego Schwartzman is just a, a recent example. You don't necessarily need that anymore. We talked, you said this, Lindsay. Sinner would be a barometer match. I would say that barometer reading, pretty positive. Yeah, Sinner now plays Monfils. Yeah. We were talking about all it's these great matchups. That's yeah. another one tomorrow yeah. to keep an eye on. First time Sinner has made the third round of a major not named Roland Garros. Okay. Let's take a look at the uh, <laughs> featured matches today, starting on Arthur Ashe. Lindsay, couple major champions. We're going to call this one kicking it off. Pretty exciting. Yeah, what an amazing day out on Arthur Ashe. And also, we got a, this Carlos Alcaraz is who Dominic team's been talking about on our show all week. He gets to the third round, and he'll play Sitsipas out there. And then how about the last match tonight? Rublev and Tiafo. Francis said the Al other day, I'm coming for you. <laughs> so it'll be exciting out there on Ash tonight as well. If Alcaraz wins, he will be the first 18-year-old to reach week two with U.S. Open since Pete Sampras. Trivia? We're like, tell us, tell us, John. <laughs> what stands out to you here? Well, look, I mean, the third third match, uh, Sloan Stevens-Kerber. Stevens unseated. She's 5-1 and one against Kerber, and Kerber's one win came Nine years ago. So uh, Sloan is really kicking into gear. See if she can get it done against the lefty. Uh, this is, uh, this is an incredible day. day. It gets better and better. Uh, speaking of better, it's Dominic Team's birthday. He is celebrating with us later on the show. Plus, in today's edition of Coaching in the Bigs, Lindsay tells you what will separate Victoria Azarenka and Garbina Muguruza. You're watching TC Live at the U.S. Open.
Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Marcus by Goldman Sachs. You can money with Marcus by Goldman Sachs. Lindsay, John, Steve, back with you, taking a look at the Tennis Express head-to-head between Victoria Azarenka and Garbina Muguruza. What a third-round matchup. A couple of Grand Slam champions. They've won four majors. They've met four times. They have each won two. Now, the most recent meeting came last year in Rome. Muguruza won a three-set battle in the quarterfinals, came back from a set and a breakdown. It was revenge from losing the previous year to Azarenka in Rome, and To break it all down, Coaching in the Bigs, presented by Liberty Mutual Insurance. We have our Hall of Fame coach, John. Player. Break it down. And coach. coach. (laughs) You've done it all. I'm not in the Hall of Fame for coaching. (laughs) (laughs) Nominating you. (laughs) All right, so so what's going to separate these two on the court today? You know, it, it's been so interesting following both of them. And you see Azarenka, a player who seems to always play her best tennis in New York. Three times she's got to the final. It was just last year. She was one set away from winning the U.S. Open. She has played so well to start off this campaign again. And one of the things that has really set her apart is her net play, Steve. She was absolutely perfect in her second round against Paolini, 15 for 15. She knows these courts are fast. Anything that is short in the court, or if she sees her opponent on the run, she's moving forward, finishing points off, and she's going to need to do that against Muguruza. Muguruza, a player, never played her best tennis in New York. Really shocking. His only one coming into this year's tournament, seven matches at the U.S. Open. But there's been something different about her in her first two rounds, that look in her eye, that intensity. Absolutely love to see the motivation. She's got to find some comfort, though, playing out on our Arthur Ashe Stadium court. If you want to win this tournament, you've got to master that court. But just a remarkable difference in records here. And that's three runners up for, for Vika. So uh, that, that was no fluke. I, you know, we, we sort of a lot of times cavalierly say, well, they can't get used to the chaos of New York and some people. I, I don't know if that's necessarily what it is with Nugu, but when she won her last match, it put her over 500. That's remarkable for a player of her achievement who can play on hardcore. It's not like she can't play on the surface as well. So a uh, big opportunity. But that, that is a perplexing record for both of them. It, it really is. Both these players, Hall of Fame resumes. John, when you take a look at their section of the draw, not easy either. No, this is, uh, this is the, the section of former champions. And, I, you know, I mean, this, this match for both of them, they've only played each other four times, which is surprising. But look at this. You, uh, you, you get a... Chance to win this match, and then you go up potentially against Krajikova, the eighth seed, but a player playing her very first U.S. Open as a singles player. And then you, you look at the bottom, it's, it's a little tricky, big opportunity. I mean, this, this is a fairly balanced little pocket of the, uh, of the draw right here. But we have, uh, as I said at the top of the show, all the multiple-time major champions on the women's side are left, but after Azarenka, Mugu, one will be eliminated. Yeah, we've got a couple of tough pockets in the draw. Whoever wins this match, though, first up, I think is the favorite to get through the section. Not convinced how healthy Sabalenka is. We'll see when she plays Danielle Collins later today how her hand is. Craig Chikova, we'll see. I mean, she has been such a sneaky player this year, obviously winning a major, winning a lot of matches. But fascinated to see today between Azarenka and Muguruza, really feel like seconds or points one is going to be huge. Both mm-hmm. these two, such great returners. They love to position themselves inside that baseline and really look to attack Who is going to be able to defend their second serve better? Who's going to be a little bit more courageous and go for a little bit more, try and throw the returner off? That's going to be the key stat for me today. 
that there is so much overlap here. I mean, sometimes we do these breakdowns and it's lefty versus righty and it's, it's experience versus veterans. There's a lot of symmetry between these two players, including the fact that they've each won two majors. They are trying to complete together the career slam. Vika, <laughs> two wins at the Australian yeah, Open. Muguruza has Roland Garros okay. and Wimbledon. They'll both enter the Hall of Fame at some point. That's Coaching in the Bigs, presented by Liberty Mutual Insurance. This match first up on Arthur Ashe today. Much more still to come here on TC Live. We're talking Roger Federer and Chris Clary's new book, The Master. Welcome back to TC Live. Roger Federer won the U.S. Open five straight years from 2004 to 2008. Unfortunately, the 20-time major champion is not in New York this year, needing another surgery on his knee. Now, we don't know if Federer will play another match at the Open, but his story is a New York Times bestseller. Chris Clary's new book, The Master, The Long Run and Beautiful Game of Roger Federer, came out recently, a major biography of the Swiss superstar, and we are now joined by the man who wrote it, longtime New York Times tennis correspondent, Chris Clary. Good morning, Chris. Congratulations on making the bestseller list. Obviously, anything with Roger Federer, people love it. Uh, tell us about the book. What was the process in making it? How much access did you have to Roger himself? Hey, good morning, Steve. Uh, it was, uh, it's been really gratifying to see the response to it. I, I think that it's kind of because of the uh, the moment in time with Roger not being certain to go on. I know he intends to try, but I think it's because of that uh, situation that he's in with his knee surgery and the fact he's just turned 40. I think people are in a mood to look back. You can never predict that with a book when you write it, when the timing will be like, but I think it was something that really uh, seems to have struck a chord with people. And I can understand why, because he really has had an amazing career. But for me in the book, it's been really a, a case of, um, I felt like I had a ringside seat to this era in men's tennis and also Roger's career. I got to know him pretty early in his career. I've interviewed him you know, over 20 times and Got a chance to know everybody who's been pretty close to him over the years and worked with them, including people who work with you, like Paul Anacone. And I felt like uh, I would really have a regret. And I don't like to have regrets. I'd, I'd really have disappointment if it doesn't work. And I really felt like if I didn't do it, I would be uh, kicking myself down down the road. And I think it's it was a hard process, Steve. <laughs> it wasn't easy. And uh, summing up all that tennis was tough to do. And you don't want to have too many forehands and backhands. But I felt like... In the end, I could live with it, and I hope people are enjoying it. So as you look back at all, all these years of interviews with Roger Federer, was there anything that, that stood out or, or surprised you, maybe that you didn't remember? Well, I got to tell you, the thing that was really striking was going back and watching a lot of the old matches, too, uh, from the early years, because we're so into recency bias in terms of what we're in our brains, what we keep in with us and, and savor. And I felt like all the big three matchups with Djokovic and Nadal have gotten sort of become the dominant theme. But I went back and watched a lot of uh, early Federer against Leighton Hewitt and against Andy Roddick and against Murat Safin. And I was just kind of blown away by the quality of the play, to be honest with you, and the speed on the court and just the intensity of those duels. So I really enjoyed going back and watching that. But I think really what strikes you is um, even more when you go back and watch the early matches is just how much progress uh, Roger made. And that the book is called The Master because in a sense he mastered himself in many different ways. And I feel like... Uh, that is so striking when you watch those early matches, sort of how loose he was and sort of his inability to control his emotions, uh, sort of shot selection. Even the way he played, obviously, was was very different then. So I feel like uh, that was the biggest takeaway was to see how much he had to really uh, make changes in his game, in his approach to the sport, 
to make it big, and he certainly did. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned Paul Anacone. He's a part of the book. It's not just Federer. There is Nadal. There is Djokovic involved as well. Uh, speaking of Novak, he's looking for history, Chris. Does he get the Grand Slam at the U.S. Open in nine days? You know, I feel like this last home stretch is going to be much, much tougher than we imagined because these guys he's going to run up against most likely, these younger generation players, have now had some pretty serious looks at him in major finals, especially this year with Medvedev, you know, Berrettini, and Tsitsipas. That has to help them to have been in those arenas and those situations best of five against Novak. So I feel like, personally, I'm not seeing it down the road. I think we'll see a, a surprise at the end, but I, I feel like it's an ama- amazing effort to get this far. Look at the history of tennis and men's tennis. It just hasn't been done. No one's gotten past even two. Roger and Rafa have never got past one, which is an amazing stat when you think about them. So I feel like uh, the tennis community in general really needs to look at this and savor it because it, it may not pass this way again. Hasn't happened in more than 30 years in general. Hasn't happened in more than 50 years on the men's side. We shall see if history is made for Novak Djokovic. Chris Clary, thanks for joining us this morning. The book is The Master. Chris Clary is the author. Enjoy the rest of the Open, Chris. Thank you, Steve. You too. Well, still to come here on TC Live, Dominic Team will join the show on his birthday. And John Wertheim wows us with another incredible stat. Plus, we'll tell you what to watch for in today's matches. Don't go anywhere. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Back on TC Live with the birthday boy himself. Happy 28th birthday to your defending U.S. Open champion, Dominic Team, September 3rd of Virgo, who is a hard worker. Yes, indeed. Uh, Dommy, happy birthday. Thanks for joining us, celebrating with us. Uh, what else do you have planned on the big day? Thank you so much. Um, yeah, tonight is a family dinner. Um, you know that... Most of the previous years, I was celebrating my birthday in New York City um, last year as well. And even though it's not the, the best situation not to be there, but I can spend my birthday today with my family, with my beloved ones. So that's not bad either. Keep going with that theme. Uh, you know, much different from how you spent your birthday last year and the last 10 years for that matter. What, what else has been different in the rhythms of your life? being back home in Austria, what are some of the positives that you've been able to uh, indulge in not being on the tour these days? Well, also the same. I mean, seeing my friends a lot, seeing my family a lot. And uh, we just actually, um, three weeks ago, we got a puppy, a baby dog. So I see him growing up, which is very nice, which wouldn't have been possible when I would be on tour. So that's very enjoyable. And um also, um, not waking up too early, not going to bed too early. So, normal things. And also, um, traveling a little bit, 
um, and uh, not to play, but to to make, do some holidays and just enjoy. I mean, also being on tour, it's it's hard work day in day out, and uh, not to do this is enjoyable from time to time. And I try to enjoy it as uh, it it starts very soon again. What's uh, what, what's the dog's name? What kind of dog? And and what's the name? <laughs> it's a white Labrador, and his name is Elon. 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 Okay, yeah. Musk. Interesting. Exactly. Does, does he drive a what Tesla? We, we named him after a very smart dog. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's fantastic. Um, all right, birthday boy with with a new dog, Elon. Time to go through some highlights with you, as always, Dami. And we start with Sasha Zverev. Oh, what a match he had against Albert Ramos Vinolas. Won 13 straight matches. Now, when he is serving like this, Dami, what can you do to stop him? Not a lot. Um, you, you need to return like Novak, not to stop him like that. But uh, the, the serve of him is, is a joke. It's uh, almost impossible to break. But um, he's also very solid from the baseline right now. Um, he's, he's 198 tall, moving so well. So if he plays like this and uh, with his little bonus the serve where, where he, i mean he doesn't get broken if he, if he serves like that you can see it on the highlights then uh it's gonna be very tough to beat him there and uh the also another thing that he has a lot of self-confidence obviously after the olympic gold medal after the battle in cincinnati so um he'll go deep for sure you, you, you probably know this. He, uh, he went very deep last year and uh, very nearly won the tournament if it weren't uh, for the heroic efforts of his opponent in the final. What do you think is the most important thing? You mentioned he won the gold medal. He backs it up in Cincinnati. I mean, yesterday was 74 minutes. I mean, that was just domination. What, what is the one single specific factor you think is going to be critical if he wants to break through and win in 2021? It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um, yeah, I mean, he was so close last year. It was only about one or two points, which which went my way last year. But I guess he's the crucial point for him is is still the serve. If if he continues serving like that, he has big chances for the title. Um, as he's a amazing baseline player as well. But if he has confidence in his serve, um, if he doesn't hit too many double folds. If he has many free points, then he can also play more freely in his return games. And uh, then it's very, very difficult to, to get past him. Sasha Zverev serving incredibly well. How about our next highlight? Riley Opelka. Uh, he, he calls himself a, a serve bot. What, what do you think of the term serve bot, Dami? Uh, is, that, is that legit? <laughs> Well, I mean, of course, um, his biggest weapon is the is the serve, definitely. But you don't get to a Masters 1000 finals, or you don't get to the ranking where he is now with with only serving. Um, uh, I played him 
two years ago in, in Madrid and of course always watched him and he improved everything and I have the feeling that these super tall guys, if you compare it to the previous years or previous decades, they move better and better. Um, and that makes it very tough to play them, but uh, Opelka is, is special. I mean, nobody wants to face him. You have so much pressure in, in your own service games because, well, when you lose your serve once, possibility of, of losing the set is 95% or something. So that makes him tough. And uh, he got it together, everything. That's why he also played the finals in, in Canada and makes him tough for everybody who's facing him here at the U.S. Open. You talked about all the other weapons that Opelka possesses. I don't think we've ever seen that in a player 6'11", almost 7 feet. How dangerous is he at this year's U.S. Open? How far do you think he can go? He can go very far. And the only question mark with these super tall players is um, the physical part. I mean, um, they can beat any player on any given day. But if he has won... uh, five-setter, one very long match. I think for, for these tall guys, it's a little bit more difficult to recover for two days after. And it's just natural, I guess. But if he continues uh, like that, beating the guys in three sets, um, he can go very, very deep. I think the most important for him is to avoid long and physically very tough matches. Well, a straight set win over Lorenzo Musetti. Uh, our graphics guru, Jordan, found a photo of little Elon. <laughs> the Adidas the cat. Right, yeah. right head then as well. Yeah. <laughs> He's already got a sponsorship. Perfect. Yeah, he did. All right, much more from uh, the birthday boy when we come back. We're going to preview some of the matches here on day five at the U.S. Open with Dominic Team. Don't go anywhere. Tennis Channel Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Tennis Express. We deliver tennis right to your front door. Order today, ships today. Welcome back. It is compelling. It is enlightening. It is John Wertheim's stat of the day. What do you have? Dominic, team uh, set me up in the last segment talking about Zverev's serving. So I'll I'll poach and pick off the easy volley. Let's keep going with... uh, Zverev serving. Remember two years ago when we were had a double fault counter? We were talking about how he's really got this tempestuous relationship with his serve. Not so much anymore. 92% of his first serve points won. His last three matches, out of 122 points on serve, first serve, he's won 112. And he's only double faulted four times. Look at those results. That is some serious quality. And if the serve is going to be what is going to determine Sasha Zverev's success, Wow, is he serving well. Like Tommy said, you have to be Novak Djokovic if you want to <laughs> contend yeah. with, with, with that serve. Uh, time to break down some matches today, Dominic. We begin with Felix Auger-Aliassime taking on Roberto Bautista Agut. They have split their previous two meetings. What's going to be the key to this matchup? Great matchup. Um, I, I want to watch that, definitely. And... Uh, well, it's uh, they split up their previous meetings, and I I guess that it's gonna be a tight one again um, because both of them are solid. Maybe Felix is a little bit more aggressive on court, um, and Bautista a little bit 
better in the defense so that fits very well the matchup and they are both in in decent form as well um had not easy matches in the first two rounds and uh, so it's gonna be a good battle and definitely interesting to watch as well Dominic, you're 28 today, but it wasn't that long ago you were in Felix's shoes. What is it like when you are the younger player, you're probably more athletic, you're probably physically bigger, but you're just playing a professional. You're just playing a solid, steady guy on the other side of the net. What is the mentality for a match like that, where you're just playing a guy who has more experience than you? Um... It's, uh, I mean, he's definitely more experienced, Bautista, but Felix, he's still so young, but still he's on, on tour already three or four years, um, has quite a, a lot of experience already and very important for him, I think, was that he went deep in Wimbledon for the first time in the Grand Slam. That's very important to do that step. And once you did it, it doesn't really matter anymore who is on the other side of the net, you just want to repeat that success. You just want to go deep in, in any grand slam. And that's his goal as well. And uh, his goal will be to, to beat Batista, even though he's more experienced and even though he's physically such a tough player and he knows that he's going to have to dig deep. Uh, the other match we want to talk to you about is Sitsipas and Alcaraz. And Dominic, you were talking to us all week about Alcaraz. What does he need to do today? And the second question is, how much do you think all this talk for Sitsipas about his dad coaching and all the bathroom breaks, how do you think that's affected him? And do you think that takes a certain percentage out of him going for his first major here? Yeah, that's the match I wanted to see so badly uh, all week long. And I think... Um, everybody else as well. It's it's going to be great. And um, I'm, I'm super curious. I mean, Arcaras, I'm, I'm very sure he has the level to, to beat guys like this, but I don't know if he can keep it up for three, four, or possibly five sets because uh, Stefanos, he is since one year or two years, one of the top players in the world. He played finals of the French Open. He's definitely ready to even win a Grand Slam. So I don't know if Arcaras already can um, be on that level for such a long time because, I mean, he's only 18, which is incredible. And uh, the other thing about about Tsitsibas, I mean, I I honestly I don't think that he's uh, texting or anything. He just, it just took a little bit long for him to, to change his clothes. But... It's not really his fault. It's uh, it's a lack of rules there. I mean, basically, you can take whatever time you want. Um, that's a rule should be there. And um, he's so focused and he wants to go deep or even win this title so badly that I don't think um, all the surroundings um, about everything, what was going on, is uh, really disturbing him. He's so focused whenever he, stop, he steps on court that it's fine, but um, it's going to be a great match, and I'm looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, we we see a actual top star against uh, somebody who will be a top star very soon. Yeah, cannot wait to see this match. For your sleeper pick to come through, Alcaraz <laughs> has to win because it was fourth round or better. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of riding on this for you, Dami. Uh, happy birthday <laughs> once again. Enjoy your day. Celebrate with your loved ones, and we'll see you tomorrow. 
I will. Thank you. See you tomorrow. Have a great day. Thank you. You as well. And there's the guy we were talking about, Stefano Tsitsipas, making his way on site, seeking his first U.S. Open fourth round. How about that against Carlos Alcaraz? More on TC Live after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Tennis Channel Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Liberty Mutual Insurance. Only pay for what you need. Back on TC Live at the U.S. Open. Lindsay, Steve, John here to, here to break down some matches today. We have some good ones. Yep. Let's start with Angie Kerber, Sloan Stevens. So 5-1 head-to-head for Sloan. Yeah. What's going to happen today? It, it'll be interesting. I, I'm looking at this so much more through the Kerber lens and mm. how what does she have left in the tank? The other night she was waiting to play the second night match on Armstrong when the court got rained out, even though it's a covered court. She wasn't able to leave the grounds till after 3 a.m. because of safety protocols. She came back the next day one, but now she's got to come back again against Sloan. Sloan has played, I, I think, the best tennis we've seen so far on the women's side in this mm-hmm. tournament. Also, always interested to see with Sloan, can she keep that going? She yep. tends to, once she's playing well in a tournament, keep that momentum going. So really good signs for her this first week. You're Sloan Stevens. You come here, you're, you're unseated. It's been a rough few years. You beat Madison Keys 7-6 in the third in your very first match replay of the 2017 final. Then you get Coco Goff on the big stage. Then you get a former champion in Kerber for the right to play Naomi Osaka. Yeah. Pretty eventful <laughs> tournament for old uh, Sloan here. But you said it. I mean, for a player that... Likes rhythm. She can turn it on really fast. Boy, has she played five really good sets so far. She certainly has. Another American playing well, Danielle Collins. She's won 14 of her last 16 matches. couple titles in there. Taking on the two-seed, Arena Sabalenka, Lindsay, who could have some injury concerns. Yeah, it was obviously a tough watch to see Sabalenka fall in her previous round and be shaking her hand the whole time. Talked about later, it was discolored and swelling up. So you have to keep an eye on that. Collins is, is one of these players you always have to look out for. She likes to play offensive tennis. She likes to be the one dictating play. That is so tough to do against Sabalenka if she's 100% healthy. But I don't know. Collins has got a lot of confidence. She's got that little walk going. I, I like her in this match. We joke, you know, earplugs and fist pumps. But I, I think Collins will like the combativeness yeah. of, of Sabalenka's approach. I mean, I think Collins will really take to the pace and the power. I think the big factor here is just we saw that spill that Sabalenka took how is that right hand going to be today? Lindsay picking Danielle Collins. The crowds have been huge for the Americans. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of that, love that, Francis Tiafo, he plays off of that crowd. He says, I want Andre Rublev. He says, I'm dangerous, John. Is he dangerous enough to win today? Yeah, I, I thought that was a little strange. I, mean, I, I kind of like it. Nothing wrong with calling out your partner. They never played before, so no? it's not like there's a, a ton of history, at least in matches here. But, you know, it's, it's Friday night. It's the Open. It's Francis who loves a crowd and plays off a crowd more than anyone I don't know if I'm smelling upset here, but I, but I like the fact that he sort of hyped the match before it even happened. Yeah, I mean, the men's draw, there's no Federer, there's no Nadal, and here we go. We have an American player who thrives in this environment. That doesn't always happen. There's very few that, one, feel comfortable 
in that kind of lens, but also then it's the opposite. The bigger the court, the better match they play. So you know Francis is going to come tonight with a lot of energy. He's going to have the crowd rocking. It's just Rublev presents a lot of challenges. One is he's there every single point, just thumping ground strokes, moves well, takes balls early. I mean, Francis has to serve well, and he's got to be using his forehand to finish points off. Under the lights, Arthur Ashe, nighttime. That, the, the, the buzz is going to be going for that matchup. It's a huge day today. It was Dominic Team's birthday. Also, a very happy anniversary yeah. to our vice president, oh, executive man. producer, Ross and Val Schneiderman. Former, happy anniversary. Uh, former Olympian in that picture, and it's not the person wearing jeans. <laughs> 32 years? What? Val is okay. a saint. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely photo there. Yeah. Uh, wish them both a, a great day down there in Florida. Go out on the boat, enjoy yourselves, and watch some tennis as well. Uh, of course, the tennis begins noon Eastern on ESPN. We'll see you back here tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern on TC Live. And we've got encore coverage all night long here on Tennis Channel. The round of 32 gets underway, and we've got it for you. Thanks for watching TC Live.